And you know, Ariel, when I saw you doing cartwheels in that bikini, I said to myself, now, there's a girl with an enormous pair of talents <laughs> that could use, uh, that could use better representation. Do you really think so? Oh my God, they talk. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me over to play strip study, bud. Just like it says on the box, it's a game with no losers. <laughs> okay, Ariel. <clears throat> Ulysses S. Grant was a general in which war? Um, the war on drugs? <laughs> mm, close. Now, the correct answer is the Civil War. They named a war after Civil Shepherd? <laughs> You know the rules. For each wrong answer, you must remove one piece of clothing. Gee, if I'd known the rules, I would have worn underwear. <laughs> okay, who was the first president of the United States? George Washington? Wrong. <laughs> Oh my God. Do you know what time it is? Uh, six o'clock? Oh, it's eight o'clock. Damn! <laughs> Looks like we made it just in time, Ariel. That tornado's gonna hit any second now. But there's not a cloud in the sky. Well, haven't you ever heard of the calm before the storm? No. But then I just realized the Olsen twins are two people. <laughs> They're in the middle of something here. This is an emergency. Please put on your pants. There's a twister coming. There isn't. I just rigged up some hoses and fans to trick Ariel into sleeping with me. Yes, bud, but in the meantime, a real storm blew in. So I went to all this trouble for nothing? <laughs> well, since we're stuck here, we might as well play Mad Libs, okay? I need a verb. Clock? <laughs> okay. Somebody give me a command. Cluck you? <laughs> I like you. You know, perhaps Mad Libs is just a little too advanced for you people, so let's just play 20 questions, okay? Who'll ask the first question? Go to hell. That's not a question. Why don't you go to hell? I really like you. This is Jennifer Lyons, also known as Bud Bundy's girlfriend, Ariel, and you're listening to the Married with Children podcast. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. 
Can I get a whoop? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Married with Children fans worldwide. Welcome again today to another special edition of the Married with Children podcast. This is Luigi, and I'm here with Stephen Scott today, and we have the honor and privilege of interviewing an actress who had a recurring role during seasons 10 and 11, and whose character is very much beloved in the fandom. We were first introduced to her character, Ariel, in our recent review of season 10, episode 14, The Hood, The Bud, and The Kelly. She also prominently appeared in Season 10, Episode 24, Bud Hits the Books, and Season 11, Episode 1, Twisted. And here she is with us today in the nudie bar, the lovely Jennifer Lyons. Hello. Hi. I'm Stephen, and that's Luigi. Hi, Stephen and Luigi. Thanks for having me. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited. Your Married with Children fans worldwide are very uh, excited to hear from you today. Aw, isn't that neat? So many years later. <laughs> oh my gosh. The last time your fans saw you on screen was in season 11, episode one, on September 28th, 1996, and the episode entitled Twisted. I'm sure it seems like a lifetime ago to you, but to this show's fanatics like us, it's like Groundhog Day in that we, each time we watch your episodes, it's always fresh and we get joy and laughter when we see you again. Oh, that's so sweet. I love it. I do too. Every time I watch it, I, you know, I relive such a great experience. Yeah. And you were 19 at the time. I was a baby. Yes. I was very green. Well, you have to tell us your secret because it doesn't seem that you've aged in the last 25 years. Oh, so, God. So, I Thank mean, you. if you can maybe, like, you know, explain to us uh, what you uh, what you do for that, we'd really appreciate that. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, I'm a very, I live a very healthy lifestyle. And I also am very lucky to have, I think, some great genetics. Thanks to my mommy. <laughs> So, so Jennifer, tell us more about yourself. Like, where are you originally from? Like, where you went to school? What got you into acting? And we also know that you're a dancer. So you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm a native. I'm from Pasadena and Altadena, California. I uh, was a dancer. I was a ballet dancer, trained classically. Jazz, modern, tap. Afro-Cuban, Spanish, tango, all sorts of dance. I did everything. It was my entire life. And I got that also from my grandmother was a ballet teacher and my grandparents were actor, dancer, singers. They were vaudevillians before television. Quite a few of my aunts and uncles were performers. My dad was a flamenco guitarist. I was basically surrounded by incredibly fun, crazy people and it was a good way to grow up. But I was shyer. Uh, I really could open up on the stage as a dancer. And I still maintain that I'm a dancer at heart. It is my true love. It was taken from me. At age 17, I tore my knee and found out I had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And 
had to kind of figure out what else I was going to do in life. And I went to college not knowing <laughs> what I was going to do. I thought I was going to be in a ballet company. And I saw they were doing a show called, I don't know, what was the first show I did? Well, the best show I did. According to IMDb, it says that you were on Saved by the Bell in 1990. So basically what happened, well, I, I graduated at 17. So I went to college and I studied theater and I was scared to death to open my mouth because I had such a high voice and I'd been made fun of for so long, especially by my big brother. But I auditioned for the lead and got the lead in the show. So that was my first inkling that I could act, kind of, you know, and that I could be funny. And I honestly think a lot of that just came from being around my family who speak like they're in a sitcom. And that, yeah, that was a great role. And then I had a dance agent who uh, was sending me out for all sorts of wacky stuff in LA. And she said, you know what? Our acting agent wants to send you out to play a ballerina. It was not saved by the bell. I don't know why that, if that's on my IMDb, it should be California Dreams, which was uh, the, the Saved by the Bell producers produced that show as well. Um, so I played Joy the Ballerina on California Dreams. It was my very first TV audition that I'd ever gone on, and I got three episodes. Bonjour, class. I am Madame Fosse, your instructor. Let's line up and begin with the positions. First position, Anne. <laughs> this is for babies. Let's get to the tough stuff already. <laughs> been studying ballet for a long time are you kidding i'm a regular um a, a regular uh what do you call those guys that are really good at ballet um a prima donna yeah i'm one of those <laughs> i mean i couldn't believe that that was happening to me and that's exactly what just kept happening to me i did go and study with my uncle who was a very famous actor James Best. He was mostly known as a dramatic actor, but then became known globally uh, as a comedic actor playing Roscoe on the Dukes of Hazard. Edith, you know what one casket said to the other casket? He said, was that you, Coffin? <laughs> so, you know, he was definitely one of my heroes. My aunt was Leave It to Beaver's girlfriend as a child. They were child wow. actors. My uncle Johnny was also a very uh, 
I mean, he works all, worked all the time, all the, the TV shows. My God, I don't know, probably the 50s, 60s, 50s. Uh, he was the token redhead in a lot of things uh, known in a Danny Kaye movie, Mary Andrew. So, I, I, you know, I thought, well, this will be fun for a while. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying this, you know, and I, and I did start studying with professional acting coaches and so on and so forth and booked my first lead in a movie, like right after that, you know, actually what was kind of funny is when I went, went in for married with children, I, I, I had first gone in for X files and I don't think I had the acting chops quite yet. And the casting director said to me, can you come back tomorrow and wear less clothing? <laughs> and <laughs> I showed up and I think he told me again, he was calling me back for the producers, but I had to wear even less clothing. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to be professional. I probably showed up in a black turtleneck, you know, (laughs) that was an amazing part of my life because I, I went from, I toured and studied in Holland and Belgium at 12 years old, I was way ahead of my age as a dancer. And then at 15, I went to China and performed with the Silk Rose Ballet. We were on like a cultural exchange together and performed in nine cities in China. So I I just had this incredible experience, you know, and I don't come from, you know, money or anything like that. I was just very lucky. And I had a wonderful upbringing. I went to um, an all-girls school in Pasadena, which I, I did get a, a very good education. So uh, what what was great is that I had my heart completely broken by the doctors who said, you're not going to be a dancer. You're not going to be a ballerina. Like, you got to just let that dream go. And I was at the lowest point in my life, at like 16 years old. And so when all, I mean, really a crisis. And so when all this stuff started just happening, I thought, well, I guess the universe has other plans for me. And every time I went into an audition, I would say, well, I'm really a dancer. (laughs) I needed to shut that up after a while. But, you know, I just kept booking and booking and booking. And I did so many sitcoms in those years. Mm -hmm. Two things I'll say to you, Jennifer. Sure. Number one, like uh, your uncle, James Best, Jimmy Best, uh, you know, was like one of my favorite comedic uh, characters as a kid. Yeah. And about like 15 years ago, I got one of his, I got an autographed CD of his. Um, I mean, I didn't know the connection until I started, you know, looking at your biography. But I mean, I think if yeah. you're a kid during the 1980s, you know, that was probably like the, one of the top TV shows, you know, again. I guess it would classify as a sitcom, right? <laughs> yeah. And it was just uh, just a very like funny comedic character. But I remember there were two scenes in the Dukes of Hazard that were very dramatic, and he, you know, really had like you could see this emotion that came into, like that that, that came. I mean, it's just really the range of the actor, and you know, I really appreciated that. So I mean, so you re- you effectively grew up on television, right? I mean, behind the camera, that is, right? Yeah, I mean. I did go to the set of Dukes of Hazard. I think a couple of times. I wasn't really growing up on set. I think someone had me stay that one time, but uh, no. I, I but I did go on, on that set a couple of times. 
Yeah, I was around. I mean, you know, when you grow up in L.A., it's just normal. You know, I had, when I was even younger, there were girls at my school that were on sitcoms and it wasn't really, I mean, until I was there, you're like, oh, that's cool, whatever. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just a different kind of place to grow up, I guess. Yeah, but I, you know, I remember watching my aunt on uh, Archie Bunker's place or whatever. I remember oh. they would sit around the TV and she, she had a guest star on that. And yeah, you know, it was, Oh, and then uh, Jimmy's daughter was a solid gold dancer. So we would watch her and it was like, you know, there she is. She was she was kind of my hero because she was an incredible dancer. But yeah, I was kind of surrounded. And, you know, just yeah. to go through a little of your filmography, and I'll turn it over to you, Stephen. Jennifer, you, when I look at your resume, you know, on IMDb, it's like uh, you and I are actually contemporaries. We would have been in high school together. Oh, okay. If you went to all-girls school. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But it's like Beverly yeah. Hills 90210. Hey, Steve. Coming down to the club, buddy? Well, as soon as I get these tutors out of my way, 20 interviews lined up in the next 30 minutes. Oh, the in-depth approach, huh? Don't worry about me. I know exactly what I'm looking for. Gorgeous or corrupt? Preferably both. <laughs> Looks like your first victim's here. See you later, buddy. Thanks, pal. Thanks for responding to my ad. Let me start by telling you what I'm looking for in a math tutor. I'm looking for a risk taker, someone who's willing to combine my entrepreneurship with their academic skills. You want to pay me to do your work? Exactly. You should be ashamed of yourself. I am completely, but I'll get over it. <laughs> Is that a yes? You mean, like, I'm supposed to be the tutor? Married with children. Yeah. Ned and Stacy. I just feel so ridiculous. Well, who told you to dress like a BG? <laughs> you gave me 10 minutes notice. All I had left was my, my prom tux. Hi, Amy. Oh, hey, Alice. Um, this is Ned and Eric Moyer, your date. Hi. Hi, hi. How you doing? Oh, my God, I love that tux. It's way retro. It's not really? <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's, it's retro. <laughs> You want to dance? Well, no, no, I, I, I really, I'm not. Come a, on, Miss Moyer. I should, but I, I could. Okay. Ned, you want to go dance? Oh, sure, I do. But, you know, I was over in Nam in 68 and came back with wooden buttocks. Duke's a hazard reunion. Hey, Bo. Well, you sure as heck ain't Bo. Hey, darling. Hey, Uncle Jesse. There he is. <laughs> Cruder. Well, if you two ain't a sight for sore eyes, look at you. Look at you. You're rascal. Oh, excuse me. Y'all, I want you to meet Tammy. She is Miss Talladega Raceway. She uh, gave me a ride when my car wrecked. Ma'am, can you stay for ribs? Oh, no, Uncle Jesse, thanks. Tammy, thanks a lot. Any old time, Bo. All right. Bye. Bye now. She's so good looking, it hurts. Yeah, that Tammy ain't half bad either. Unhappily ever after. Ross, did you take out an ad saying you're casting an Aaron Spelling show again? <laughs> if somebody puts a candy store in the house, you're a sucker not to take a piece. 
see Mr. Ryan. He's so cool. The other day he said I was beautiful and that my boyfriend didn't deserve me. That's right. He totally understands women. <laughs> <laughs> but I taught him to say that. Someone sounds bitter. Oh, I think she needs one of Mr. Ryan's hugs. <laughs> step by step. There she is. Barbie, what are you doing? I'm thinking. Well, stop it. You'll be late for cheerleading practice. Oh, I forgot it went right out of my head. Rich, can we think again later? I've got cheerleading practice. That's it! Cheerleaders! They're the answer to the world's ecological problems! We are? Yes! <laughs> oh, cool! Come on! <laughs> the movie can't hardly wait. Oh, hey guys. Hi. How are you? Are you okay? Mike? Now look what you've done. Maybe we should go talk to her. Totally. She looks destroyed. Oh, suicide. Dharma and Greg. <laughs> hey, um, do you guys like go to Bayside? Yeah. Um, are you going to the homecoming dance too? What do you like mean too? What do you like mean? What do you like mean? <laughs> Just so happens that Donald Ridgely asked me. Donald Ridgely asked you. Uh-huh, he came over to my house and he was all like, there's this big dance, and I was all, are you serious? And then she came over to my house and she told me how he was all, there's this big dance, and she was all, are you serious? <laughs> You're going to the dance with Donald Dork? Dork? Not. <laughs> Have you seen his tattoo? Donald Ridgely has a tattoo? He got it in juvie. <laughs> Juvie. Remember last year when everyone thought he was out with pink eye? Duh. 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 I mean, we have pretty much grown up with you. Like, I mean, like for myself personally, like I've seen, I mean, I always remember you as the character of Arielle on Married with Children. Watching TV in the 90s, the 2000s, it's like, wow, like I see you on screen. It's like, I remember her, right? It's like you have been in a lot yeah. of things, a lot of things, three decades at this point on television and film. Yeah. And I just noticed that 70s show. Hey, guys. Pam, this is Eric and Donna. Hey, we have on biology class together. Biology? Yeah. See, Pam doesn't like to talk about school. Uh, are you guys having fun? No. Kelsey, you'd rather be with her than Jackie? Hey, I love her. No, you don't. <laughs> okay, I don't. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. I get it's I get free stuff because of that show. <laughs> I, I, I got a free car wash the other day. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Pam Macy. And apparently, Pam Macy didn't really do. I had three episodes, too. and But, man, they remember her. I, I, I mean, Desperate yeah. Housewives. Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend was a freak like me? Okay, but the Paul is your friend, okay? Push your boobs up against it. Oh, I can't. They're new. 
Well, do something, Cecile. I'm losing my wood down here. Wow, that's a kicking outfit. <laughs> well, thank you, sweetie. I clean up well for wet back, don't I? I mean, like, the list just goes on and on. I mean, this is very, very impressive, you know. Kudos to you. And like I said, you've you've been a very memorable uh, character, uh, no matter what role you've played. Thank you. Oh, Valley Peaks. And now, this time on Valley Peaks. Valley Peaks, but oh well, yeah, no. <laughs> There's a few <laughs> things on there you might not heard of, but you know, people called in favors. In General Hospital as well. When is the light year? Oh, it's the time it takes light to travel in one year at 186,000 miles per second. Squared. <laughs> right. So, what time should I pick you up? Oh, I have some work left to do, so email me. Bernie hates it when I take personal calls. Oh, what kind of a heartless bastard do you work for? Oh, he would be so much more upset if he knew the guy calling was the guy who lured me away from my desk while his friend was trying to break into the office. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Now there's a girl who could start a fire by crossing her legs. She's nothing compared to my wife. And speaking of... Could that have been more rehearsed? You wound me. You'll recover. All that, I've been working a lot with Pure Flix, which I, you know, I love those people. I wasn't raised with religion, um, but I'm a nice person. I'm a good person. I'm a spiritual person. But it's a Christian I don't know if you know Pureflix. It's like the Christian uh, Netflix. I'm the hotel maid, but I'm not a very good one. You, get these people something for breakfast now. Interesting reaction. Come back here! I've heard of it. I've done like three series with them, and I actually love working with them. They're the nicest people, and they just let me make up the craziest characters. Like, they, they, they write it, but then I get to just, like, really run with it. I know Tim McGinley has done a few things with Pure Flix too. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, I, they always make me the villain, and I always say, "Is it because I'm not a Christian that you make me the villain?" <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm glad to hear that they're open to letting, I guess you could say, non-Christians be part of their um, part of their ventures. So I'm glad to hear that. Well, I don't think they advertise that. I notice I'm not always sort of in the forefront, but mm -hmm. yeah, I have nothing wrong with it. I think that's fine. Whatever. If you were raised that my mom was raised Catholic, you know, so I've got a, a good upbringing still. Yeah. Well then how did you get into marrying with children? So what happened was I went in for X-Files and Rick Milliken was the casting director over at Sony and I don't think I quite, uh, <laughs> I wasn't quite up to par, I think, yet for X-Files. And I also wasn't quite dark enough. It was a very dark show with these two young girls. And I think they were like murderesses. And yeah, he said, he said, you know, I think I have something better for you. I'm casting tomorrow. 
can you come back tomorrow and wear less clothing? Uh, and I, <laughs> I was like, okay. And he handed me the audition sides, which is the part of the script for married with children. And I did about choke because I grew up watching it and I went, Oh my God, this is amazing. This, this now remember married with children was probably my third TV audition, maybe fourth wow. ever. I, I mean, I was as green as you get. And I, yeah, I showed up and then they sent me to producers and I got that small role, the first one. It was not, I was not booked as a recurring character. I just got the one scene. And you know, Ariel, when I saw you doing cartwheels in that bikini, I said to myself, now, there's a girl with an enormous pair of talents <laughs> that could use, uh, could use better representation. Do you really think so? Oh my God, they talk. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, that's, that's why I brought you over here. You see, I think it's time you signed with a successful agent who could send your career to that next level. It's tempting. But if you're so successful, why is your office in your parents' house? I cut down on overhead. <laughs> See, that way I can plow all my profits back to where they should go. Gifts for you. Glenn, you seem so honest and sincere. What do you say we set up a trial arrangement, see how things go, and seal the deal with some sex? <laughs> See, what I had in mind... <laughs> what? Now, are you sure you're good? Huh, baby, you're gonna know in about two minutes. <laughs> Bud, you are the worst agent in the entire world and the state of Chicago. Uh, Kelly? How could you send me out on a Depends commercial? <laughs> you told me that it was for lingerie. It is. It's lingerie that absorbs accidents. <laughs> Bud, you are fired. I'm gonna find myself a real agent. I wonder who represents Pocahontas. She's in everything. <laughs> so, where were we? You are about to go to the refrigerator to get some ice. <laughs> ice? What for? Your black eye! <laughs> you just, you just ruined the best two minutes of your life! <laughs> And I couldn't believe it. It, it was surreal. <laughs> because you, you said you watched it before you were part of it. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had watched it since it came on the air. I was wow. raised by the TV. <laughs> I've seen every TV. I watched it from, I think, the first episode. Wow. I got into it on the second season. I was in college. I'm probably the oldest of the bunch here. So how did it feel to be on set of a TV show you, you watched as a, when you were young? I felt like I was on drugs. <laughs> I literally, 
like I was like Alice in Wonderland and somebody was going to wake me up at any minute. I sat down. First of all, I sat down at the table read and I was sitting next to a girl who was lovely. She was very nice, no makeup, short red hair. And she's like, oh, you know, welcome. I, I, I was so nervous. I think she must have said her name was Christina. I don't know what she, or Chris or I don't know. She's I don't know what she said to me because I still didn't get it. And it took me until we all started reading to realize that was Christina Applegate because <laughs> she was like <laughs> a completely different human. She was wearing a wig for a whole season. I mean, I could barely breathe, to be totally honest. And I remember it very clearly because you start with a table read, of course. And, and of course, I figured out that was Christina Applegate. And then first scene up for the day was me on the couch making out with Bud Bundy. And I sat down on the couch and I looked out and I thought this, I am sitting on the, the you know, the Bundy couch. Like, uh, I mean, and you have to try to keep your cool and act like, yeah, I've done this. All, I've done this for years. And, uh, and then the dog peed. I remember that. <laughs> I just remember, I, they're like, oh, sorry. He really liked you. Like, you peed. It was the new dog. And then they had to clean up the pee and I'm still sitting on the couch. And David Faustino is the cutest thing on earth. He's just the sweetest, sweetest guy. And he just put me at ease, but he would tease. He's like, okay, like you ready for the tongue or whatever. And he's like, ah, I'm just <laughs> kidding. You know, he, he was just really funny. And I felt like I knew him forever. So it was really easy. So yes. Uh, watching grow, growing up watching a show and then being on it, it it's it's hard to gather yourself and i will add that my second day my car blew up on the way to work i was really bad at putting oil in my car apparently and my engine exploded i was sobbing i was like i'm fired i'm going to be fired i was late and i walked in and Ed O'Neill gave me the biggest hug and said, we're so sorry. Don't you worry about it. The, let's get to work. And was so, so the fact that I came back again and again was like a small miracle in my mind, you know? Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on about them, but you probably want to ask me questions. <laughs> Yeah, we'd love to hear about your recollections on set. I mean, you know, this is the kind of stuff our fans want to hear. So, sure. So well, I can tell you that we got a call. My agent got a call from Rick Milliken again and said they want Jennifer to come in for Babette. Some character named Babette on Married with Children. And I, I was like, well, that's stupid. I'm not going to get that. Why? Like, I was already on there. How can I be another character? And I went in and I read it. And the creator was in the room. He was so nice. And I booked it. They just booked it and they used my original name from the other episode, which was, I, I don't know. It, it was kind of strange that they did that because I was angry at him in the first episode and left. Thanks for inviting me over to play strip study, bud. Yeah! Well, just like it says on the box, it's a game with no losers. <laughs> Okay, Ariel, <clears throat> Ulysses S. Grant was a general in which war? Um, the war on drugs? <laughs> mm, close. Now, the correct answer is the Civil War. 
They named a war after Civil Shepherd? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> now you know the rules. For each wrong answer, you must remove one piece of clothing. Gee, if I'd known the rules, I would have worn underwear. <laughs> Okay, who was the first president of the United States? George Washington? Wrong. <laughs> Gosh, bud, I'm not that smart. I can't figure out why you'd want to study with me. <laughs> well, you make every subject come to life. Finals are a week away, and every time we try to study, we end up having sex. Trust me, Ariel. In two minutes, we'll be right back to study. But, um, yeah, and then I did have somebody very nicely uh, take me aside and say, you know you're back because Ed really likes you. I like you. And he's just really happy with you. That was really helpful for someone who is so green and so nervous because you feel like you're going to get fired at any moment if you do something wrong, right? Mm. He really helped me learn to hold for laughs. He said, you're going to get a laugh on that. You realize that. And I understood, you know, somewhat from class and from doing shows, live shows in theater, but it's different. You really have to hold for the laugh as it dies down in the audience. It, it, it's just a little different. And he just really, really helped me and, and held my hand through it and was so supportive. Every time I would come off from one scene, he'd say, oh, great job. And sometimes he would be like, maybe try this a little so, I mean, I couldn't thank them all enough. And I saw David recently, like, kind of recently, a few years ago. So, that was neat. That's cool. Well, we were kind of chatting before we got started, and you mentioned that uh, the one Twister, was it called Twister or Twisted? But, yeah, you said that was your favorite one. Tell, tell us why it was your favorite one. Twisted was my absolute favorite because I was stuck with the entire cast. <laughs> Well, since we're stuck here, we might as well play Mad Libs, okay? I need a verb. Clock. <laughs> okay. Somebody give me a command. Cluck you. <laughs> I like you. You know, perhaps Mad Libs is just a little too advanced for you people, so let's just play 20 questions, okay? Who'll ask the first question? Go to hell. <laughs> That's not a question. Why don't you go to hell? I really like you. I'm good at games, except I always lose at strip poker. Game time is over. All week, you know, of course, while we're rehearsing, you get to be with the entire cast and Every single one of them was just the nicest, the nicest people. I, I can't say enough. I think, um, I can't rem remember her name. She played Marcy. Amanda Beers. she was directing that. And she was wonderful. 
it was just fun. Ted McKinley, kindest guy, right? Everyone, Christina. Oh my God, I should remember the names when it's wrong. Oh, Katie Seagal, very kind lady. So I think I, I do have, I did have the sense that some of them were a little bit over it, to be honest. I remember they, they couldn't, they couldn't get their lines out a lot, which really helped me because I was, you know, I was cooking with gas. I was getting all my lines out. <laughs> I'm sure after that many years, you get a little bit over it and probably a little bit over the misogyny and all these things that now you could never get away with. Right. It was just a yeah. different time, but I think maybe the women felt a little like, Oh God, here we go again. Those are, those are my good, my good memories. Try to remember more. Hmm. Well, you can obviously, if, if anyone comes to mind, just you know, feel free to talk about them. Sure. You know, and that's you know, that's interesting. You talked about, you know, here's a question for you. Like you talked about how they asked you to wear less clothing on the audition, and you just mentioned the mis- the misogyny. <laughs> so, you know, from your perspective, I mean. At the end of the day, you played the hot chick, right? <laughs> you come in, you know, you're wearing you know, yeah. very skimpy clothing. There's a lot of jokes, you know, with sexual in- innuendo. Like, what's your opinion on that? Well, I guess I'm kind of old school. You know, I grew up loving Bob Hope and Johnny Carson and Milton Berle and I, Buddy Hackett, who I got to work with. I got to shoot with Milton Berle. I mean, a lot of people my age wouldn't even know who these people are, but my grandparents really like talked about them all the time. And we would watch shows. I've watched tons of black and white shows, Carol, uh, Carol Burnett and I Love Lucy and all that. And it's all in fun. And I think I, I'm, I'm so, you know, I know there'll be backlash for me saying that, but we've gotten too serious. And comedy is supposed to be making fun of yourself and other people and other people make fun of you and so on and so forth. And I just think we've just, my God, everyone just needs to just relax and have fun and know if it's comedy, it's it's just in jest. I don't know how comedy is going to progress with all of this PC talk. So that's how I feel. I, you know, yes. You know, if somebody threatens me to do something for a job, that's wrong. A hundred percent. You know, if somebody wants to make fun of, of, make fun of me in any way, I can care less. Yeah, because- and, and you know, a woman should embrace her sexuality. I, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with a super intelligent woman who's a very sexy and wants to dress that way. Yeah, because I was thinking you said how the casting director said, come back tomorrow to this studio and wear less clothes. No way would they get away with that in this day and age. And I think a lot of Mary with Children and fans would feel the same way you do because of the way it was constructed in the times. Yeah, no argument from us, Jennifer, yeah. trust me. <laughs> well, I, I I mean, oh gosh, it, you know, it is, it's, it's very, um, I don't know, it's all very personal. You don't want to go out for a role that is like that, then don't go out, out for that role. I don't know, I just take, I just laugh at life and I take everything pretty lightly when yeah. it comes to entertainment. For God's sakes, look at can-can dancers. They didn't used to wear underwear. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. I know TV really changed at one point, especially when The Office came out. Things just became much more dry. 
much more about sarcasm. You weren't getting pratfalls and spit takes, no slapstick. I'm old school. I enjoy all that stuff. I enjoy physical comedy. John Ritter, one of my absolute heroes, who I got to work with. I got to play his girlfriend on a show called Tucker that didn't last very long. She still cares what the old man thinks about her. There's nothing like the holidays to make people yearn for the way things once were. I could actually pull this off. Mom and Dad can start their second honeymoon. As soon as I loose Dad from the talons of that man stealing sheepies. What was I just saying? It's so good to see you, man. Oh, what's it been? Two months? You gotta start coming around more often, kiddo. It's not like you're in skateboard range anymore. Never mind that. The important thing here is, looks like you've grown a quarter inch. You know, it's really starting to disturb me that you're getting so much better looking than me. I'm gonna have to start keeping you away from my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the three of us are gonna have a buttload of fun. Again, I was, I could, I could barely breathe when I looked at him. I just, he was the best of the best. And also like, just, oh my God, I had to make out with him right away. And like, he put me at ease. He was so much older than me. And he was, he was like a big teddy bear. He was so nice and so naughty. He got in trouble all the time. He would get both of us in trouble with the director because he was so like silly and chatty. But I mean, the quintessential professional on the other hand. I miss that. I'm very much an old school girl. I'll watch old movies. I love Marilyn Monroe. I, I think I channeled Marilyn Monroe, to be honest, in Married with Children because I didn't know what the heck to do. I was just, you know, trying to fake it till I made it. And I'd watched so many of her movies and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to act kind of dumb. And, you know, I, I really just was kind of doing her. <laughs> Looks like we made it just in time, Ariel. That tornado's gonna hit any second now. But there's not a cloud in the sky. Haven't you ever heard of the calm before the storm? No. But then I just realized the Olsen twins are two people. (laughs) Look, why don't you just take a look outside and you tell me what you see, okay? Except in, in very bad storms when the positive and negative ions make everything, you know, kooky. Wow, it's getting really windy out there, bud. You better bring those fans in before they blow away. <laughs> I just put those fans out there to create a counter vortex to the tornado. Bud, you are so smart and sexy. Don't know what you see in me. Hmm. Hopefully me in a minute. <laughs> so Jennifer, talking about like comedic timing, like 
Um, you know, one of the things we talk yeah. about on our podcast is we talk about how hard it is to play stupid. Because, you know, what we've noticed is that you really have to be intelligent to play stupid very well, right? Right. And one thing we'll talk about, like, you know, your appearance on the show, you really played someone who was gullible and naive. Mm-hmm. But she was also no nonsense and could throw a good punch or slap. I mean, you get you hit butt at least four times, <laughs> you know, on the on the screen. I know. <laughs> I was terrible at that, by the way. Like, you're so uh, no, bad. actually, I'd say your first punch in particular, I thought, was the best one. So, where were we? You were about to go to the refrigerator to get some ice. <laughs> ice? What for? Your black eye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that like was you sort of like like laid yeah. into him. <laughs> I mean, it, and even like I, I believe you know you've written about yourself is like you you like comedy so like tell us about like you know the comedic timing like how do you like like how do you prepare yourself for that well you know comedy comes in threes so if it's written right you have the two lines to set it up and the third line is the punchline, right <laughs> no pun intended and i think i learned i learned from the best you know if you want I, I literally was obsessed with bob hope by the way as as are a lot of comedians i i honestly i feel like sometimes comedy you either have it or you don't i think there's a lot about me that people will tell me i'm funny and i don't realize i'm funny because i'm not trying to be funny i'm just really quirky and I think some of us are kind of born quirky, but you do need to go to school and learn. And I, I, my uh, Pasadena City College, I learned from Whitney Rydbeck. He, Whitney Rydbeck and Duke Stroud, and they were fantastic teachers. And they, they, Whitney was, uh, got a Jack Benny impersonator, and he was so good at teaching me timing. And I think also having been a dancer, I get timing. I, a hundred percent. It was hard for me because your whole world is rhythm and timing and dance. It was, it was hard, for, always hard for me to be more natural because everything was choreographed for me. The timing of a joke, the way that, especially in sitcom, it was larger than life the way your body's positioned, everything was choreographed. I feel like I had that down and I still feel very comfortable in that kind of comedy. It's been very hard for teachers to tear me down and make me more real because I'm a bit larger than life in real life. I'm extremely dramatic and I don't know, dynamic, colorful, I guess. So that's been the harder thing for me is when comedy really changed to this like sarc dry sarcasm and uh, everything's so underplayed and I just don't get it. It's hard for me. I also uh, agree with you. A lot of modern comedies are really terrible. Aside from the sarcasm, there's like, you know, they just do the gross over-exaggerations. Not just in potty humor, but in everything the characters are great are more grandiose i guess you could say yeah i mean i think it's getting better i definitely think it's getting better i have to say when you said i had a gullibility and a naivete 
my favorite, my favorite, favorite is Will Ferrell, of course, and like love and adore him. And I think I subscribe to the same kind of humor. And I think a few times, like I, I do, I'm such a fan of comedians that I channel different people. It's the only way to learn is, is from the best. There's been a few times I felt like I was channeling Will Ferrell as a okay. woman. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. I could see that. You know, yeah. real quick, you mentioned about liking Bob Hope and Milton Berle. I mean, I'm familiar with them, too, because I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and my parents introduced me to a lot of that stuff. And if you think about it, those guys had a lot more talent because they also had to not just be an actor. They had to be a comedian. They had to be a musician quite a bit and Lavin did do dancing and vaudeville and acrobats uh, I, I mean mm-hmm. Danny Kay was totally acrobatic they all came mm-hmm. from vaudeville they you know all yeah. of them before TV you, you had to be a triple threat to to get recognized and um yeah oh Buddy Hackett I worked with him on mm-hmm. uh, action and he was so cute. And, he, and of course, this would not be acceptable today, but I didn't care. He was like, I don't even know. He was like 89 or something. And he would say, he'd say, you, you need an old man to walk you to your car. And, it, and he'd walk me to my car after the shoot. And then he'd be like, how about a little peck on the cheek for an old man? And, you know, but I, I mean, he was a Adorable, probably a little bit of a dirty old man, but I didn't care. He was <laughs> all men are dirty old men. <laughs> he was cute. I adore. I mean, I just was so excited, and I thought my grandparents are looking down at me, like just completely gushing. You know, on our podcast, we, you know, we talk about the show. Obviously, we also talk about like a lot of the the references that are on the show because. A lot of television of the past is talked about. You know, we, we interviewed Michael Moyer, the creator, um, you know, to get into his head. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've talked about with uh, Chris Gunter, who's my normal co-host, is just about like sort of the era itself. Because like when Married with Children came out, so I grew up in New York City. And um, okay. again, you and I are just approximately the same age. I'm just about a year younger than you. And, you know, when you if, you know, during the 1980s, before cable television, pretty much, you know, you had your seven stations in your local market and a lot of that stuff that you mentioned, you know, I'm 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 pretty much the same. I think we're the spirit, same spirit animals. It's like I watch the Bob Hope and, you know, the Buddy Hackett's and all that stuff. And the thing is, is that, you know, if someone is I'm going to say five or six years younger, by the time that they were let's say 10, 12 years old, and they're watching uh, cable television, so now they have many more options. I feel like a lot of that stuff that used to play like on weekends, like at night, all that stuff like went away. Yeah. Like it wasn't available because now people had alternatives. I mean, I have two children who effectively, yeah. you know, 10 and eight that just watch animated stuff all the time. And I'm like, when I was eight years old, right. I was watching like a 1940s movie starring Bob Hope, you know, or or yeah. Buddy Hackett or like stuff from the 60s, like it's a mad, mad, mad world, et cetera. Totally. Oh my God, I love that movie. We just Fun watched movie. it. <laughs> I love it too. It's hilarious. 
And the thing is, is that it's like, you know, trying to get them younger people to watch that. And I also think like when you talked about how comedy has changed, I mean, I think it's always like anything with pendulum swings, but uh, you're probably right. Like probably the last 20, 25 years, like we had this sort of this move away from the type of comedy that Marriage Children was like and a lot of the other stuff that you've done. So Mm -hmm. so I I get it. So here's a question. Uh, was there something about yourself yeah. that was brought into the character that you brought into the character of Ariel? Absolutely. I think you always do. I know that I came off extremely gullible and I, you know, I played the dumb blonde for a reason. I had this high little voice. There were a lot of things people assume about you when you're blonde and you got boobs and you've got a high voice, you know? Meanwhile, here I had this great education, you know, I traveled the world, you know, but people, you know, you just seem like a dingbat. And I had to struggle with that for a long time, but it was fun because I could play that. I could milk that. I can still milk that if I wanted to. And you've gone, got one up on everybody. But that was the thing about Ariel is she was like innocent, but you, as you saw, she, she, she was fiery. And I don't think she was quite as dumb as she came off. Maybe she had street smarts, just not book smarts. Look, Ariel, I really need to get my grades up, all right? So uh, until finals are over, I'm swearing off sex. That's a good idea. I'm going to get my grades up, too. So you'll swear off sex also? No, I'm going to sleep with all my teachers. (laughs) Thanks. Well, she definitely had street smarts, uh, uh, especially I'd say in the second episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's me. I think I think that's very much me. I can choose to, to play that character. And then but, you know, I'm actually very smart <laughs> and I'm fiery. I'm a Leo. So, that you know, I always say uh, I'm a kitten. I'm a playful little kitten until you step on my tail and then I become a ferocious lion. And that's uh. so, it's so true. <laughs> I mean, have people ever stopped you either today or in the past and said, hey, I remember you were unmarried with children? You know, yeah, especially well, especially online. People find me and it's amazing. I mean, it's definitely a demographic that cracks me up. It's like a certain age group of men. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and I love it. And I, you know, I, I absolutely love it. Once in a blue moon in person, I mostly get recognized for can't hardly wait and um that 70s show i would say and actually there's action which is like a cult more of a cult classic yeah not not as much but online boy i get a lot uh so annabelle who's our australian expert uh one question that she's asking you know does and has anyone ever quoted a line of your dialogue like i think your most famous uh line and of all three of your appearances was cluck you no that's funny (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. People do. I've had people quote that for sure. Yeah. There's also the dirty one where they're like, oh, I should have worn underwear. <laughs> Gee, if I'd known the rules, I would have worn underwear. I get that one. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm trying to remember. But that, those are the, yeah. The, those are the two. Now, like, do you, like, do you watch it like, um, like, so if you see it on TV or like, or I guess not just of married with children of any of your appearances, like, you know, do you just like sit and watch as like, Hey, look, look, take a look at this that I did. 
it's funny. I can watch myself now. Like when I was younger, it's hard to watch. If I did something yesterday, it'd be hard for me to watch it. Isn't that funny? I judge myself too much. I'm too critical, all these things, but I can watch those. And what really is funny is there's this guy that's found me from France and he always posts on my Facebook. There's one girl that does my voice for stuff in France, which is a trip. And she's done all the married with children's and I, and I, I'm a Francophile. I love France, the South of France. And so I, I'm always like so impressed by how well I speak, (laughs) (laughs) but, but yeah, he posts all and he finds so many, he just posted, Oh God, that show. Martial Law with Arsenio Hall. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even remember I did that. And it was all in French. So I'm actually watching myself more often speaking French. <laughs> because because mm-hmm. he's, he's sending them constantly. So I did get married. It was a secret, but it's not so secret anymore. We didn't have a wedding yet because of COVID. But he's barely seen anything I've done. So the other night, my husband watched Transylvania with me and he'd really never seen much that I've done besides a few commercials. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't show stuff to him very often. I get it embarrassed and shy, which is silly. Cause I'm not like that normally, uh, but he's very serious and very smart. So God, I was like, he's going to divorce <laughs> me if he watches this. No, he loved it. It was totally his sense of humor, 13 year old boy humor. <laughs> And which I wasn't totally aware of. And uh, yeah, he laughed very hard at my jokes. It was nice. Ta da! <laughs> I'm almost done with the alterations. What do you think? I think it looks great. Don't I look sexy and evil? <laughs> ow! Ow! Hmm? Ooh, I pricked my finger on a pin. This is not my body. What's that, baby? I was trapped in this. You, you set me free. Well, you set me free too. What are we doing, uh, funny accents now, huh? Matey? Come on, let's go back to bed, huh? What? A woman as magnificent as I would dare to touch you? Well, uh, we did just... I mean, I am your boyfriend. Foolish boy. This body may have been yours once, but no longer. It's cutting into you. The legends were true. Finally, I am free, free to do such dark, wonderful things. Yeah, I think all men still have that 13-year-old boy's sense of humor. Yeah. Now, actually, Jennifer, you mentioned this thing about dubbing. So like, you, so there's someone in France who, who exclusively yeah. dubs you. So is that common? So like, in other words, if someone, if, if you're speaking Spanish, it's, it's one person who's always dubbing your voice? Or, uh, or and, and the follow-up also is, have you ever met someone who's dubbed you? 
No, I've never met anyone that stubbed me. And I don't, I don't know if it works that way, but this guy said that he knows this voiceover artist that does my, my voice for multiple shows. And it does seem to be the same. Usually it's a big celebrities that have someone that does their voice. Um, I have a friend that's a voice matcher and she does Cameron Diaz when Cameron, Cameron Diaz can't do something, but uh, I don't know. I'm not sure how that works, but I can tell you that I, I am in Germany and France and Spain a lot. I get residuals and I'm like, Oh, it'd be fun to see myself speak German. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. If uh, so, just going back to Ariel real quick. Yes. If she was a real person, where do you think she would be today? You know, it's funny. I, I, the first thing that came to mind when I read that was, I think she would be a multi-millionaire due to her real estate ability. <laughs> I think she would be able to charm the pants off of people. And I think she would, she would be pretty hardcore. And I think she'd be selling places all over LA, like estates, um, yeah, I think I think she didn't need anybody but herself. I think she might be single and like loving it. Awesome. <laughs> I okay. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have um, no idea why that came to mind. Moving on, I have another question for you, and that is uh, looking at your resume, going back to that real quick, and that is you um, you done a lot of other things. What were some of the other favorite things that you did outside of Married with Children? So I mentioned one that was working with John Ritter. Basically, my favorite shows are not necessarily things people would remember, but they're the ones I enjoyed the most. And um, working with him was one of the highlights of my life because I grew mm. up loving Three's Company. I wanted to be Chrissy Snow when I was a little kid. And, you know, so that was super cool. One of my favorite characters was Reagan Lauren Bush on the show Action that was just not given a fair chance. It should have been on HBO. I think that was with Jay Moore, Buddy Hackett, Ileana Douglas. I had a great role on there. I got to be in a fat suit for one episode and that was a chance of a lifetime. I was like 250 pound fat suit, including my face. Lonnie, let's get something to eat, huh? Good God. Would you like to rent a shovel? Okay, we'll be all ready to start as soon as Reagan gets here. Oh, I'm here. Hi. Rondi, would you get Stuart for me, please? You bet. Reagan, hi. Peter Dragon. Last time I saw you was at the Wild Wild West premiere. What have you been up to? Well, four months ago I got accepted to Stanford, but then I got this offer to go an indie. Then I didn't take the acting job, then I didn't like the script. But then I got two weeks at Stanford, and so I just took off and laid around and relaxed and, you know. Eight? Yeah. Mm. Mad. No, why would I be mad? Because I'm a fatty. <laughs> Look at me. So you put on a few pounds. Don't worry about it. We don't even start production for what, another two weeks, Lonnie? Right? Come on, we'll, we'll get you on a diet, we'll get you a trainer, we'll get you into the gym. Everything's going to be fine. No, no tears. 
No tears. It's all good here. So you're not mad? No! Why would I be mad just because my lead sexy female actress who has to do nude scenes is 50 pounds overweight? I, I got bigger things to worry about than that. Should, I mean, not just having the fat suit on, but the way people reacted to me while I was in the fat suit. And people were actually way more comfortable around me and fun and the crew was all laughing and making jokes and and I thought gosh this is fun I like being the fat girl <laughs> everyone is so at ease and not I don't know it was, it was just different I remember I went to the commissary and ate in the fat suit and I was like oh people don't realize I'm in a fat suit and it was uh, sort of like a social experiment for myself that was just a fun role too because I got to play a crazy actress Right. So I got to just go out my ears with it. And she she's an actress who acts really innocent. And 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 then you find out she'd done porn and she's just very dramatic. And I really en en enjoyed that character. My third favorite will always be Transylvania, which did terribly because it should have never been in the theater. <laughs> um, it was a it was the third uh, installment of Dorm Days. Had no real, like, you know, huge celebrity name to put it in the theater. It was, it was a poor choice. But the reason why that's my favorite is uh, two reasons why. One was it was so exciting to shoot for two months in Romania, in a castle in Transylvania, where actually Vlad Tepish was kept underground for a while, Vlad Tepish is who Dracula is uh, modeled after. And it was just, I'm, I'm a traveler. It's my favorite thing to do in life. So that was just such an incredible experience. I got to play two characters and I had to flip in and out of two characters, which was exceptionally hard. I didn't know if I was successful at it, but uh, after watching it a couple weeks ago, yeah, I think I was pretty successful at doing that. So those are probably my my favorites. And you also have done stage work as well, right? Yes, not enough. I I do a lot of events still, believe it or not, as a dancer. I do live events. I have a little dance troupe, and it allows my soul to be happy. And we do 1920s and can-can well, I don't know if I'm doing can-can too much anymore, but gosh, Las Vegas showgirl with the big feathers. And I do a lot of live dance event work for uh, corporate. I have not been able to do a lot of theater as of lately, but it is very important to me. I've been with a singing coach. So this is, I've never had the best singing voice, but I've been with a singing coach for two years. And uh, <clears throat> that's kind of my next adventure hoping to do more musical theater, which is what I did in college. It, and I did uh, a show with my uncle back in the day. That was really awesome. Well, just out of curiosity, if you could figure it out, which do you appreciate or which do you enjoy doing the most? Television, movies, or stage work? I love an audience. And what I've realized when TV changed from a live audience to single camera, no audience, which is the way that films are shot, you don't get instant feedback. You don't get the rush, the energy of an audience. So I will always love an audience more. 
I think there's a few sitcoms that still use a live audience, but it's it's becoming more rare. So that's my answer. Absolutely. You you want to hear people laugh. You want to you feel it. You know, it's all energy and you feel it. Yeah, because I remember when I was in high school and even during a college a little bit, I did some work in theater, too. I just thought there's no better high than being on stage and uh, having an audience feedback loop. It's uh, it's incredible. And you don't get that. You don't get that uh, with a single camera and shooting films. It's actually, it's sad, like, that you don't feel that. So, so Jennifer, actually, that, that's a great point that you make. I mean, why do you think that changed? Because, I mean, from the days of, like, let's say the Honeymooners and I Love Lucy, all the way through, like, the mid-90s, that was pretty much the way things were done. And then we've moved to single camera, and it's like, you know, I, I think what, the way you talk about, like, the feed, feedback loop, like, the the actors on mm-hmm. on screen or on stage because again it's a it's a stage at the end of the day it's like they really don't have that so i mean how does that i mean like why do you think it happened yeah. and like how do you think it's affected comedy right i you know i think it ha- i think it happened because of i mean back in the day the the shows were live because they had to be they couldn't record them like they you know you saw that with i love lucy and i think digital made things when, when they could do digital, it made it so much easier. I think that's when a lot of it went away because I remember that was all video, all the sitcoms and it was three cameras. So they could just run it like a play. You, you, you literally shot it straight through. Like you would did a, would a play with three cameras and they would save time and money. I don't know if the productions have more money now and that's why they're doing single camera or if it's just that digital is so, so much cheaper than film. I, you know, I couldn't tell you that side of it, but I would assume that's what it is. It's when things changed over to digital. From your perspective, maybe a little bit more about the industry, like what would you say are some of the good sides and the bad sides of the entertainment industry? I think you have to, have kind of a gypsy mentality to be able to be in the industry. You have to kind of just know this is what you're meant to do and go with it and hope the energy you put in comes back to you and you have to sort of put different pieces of the puzzle together to make a living, which can be very exciting. But the flip side of that is you don't have control over the industry unless you write your own work and you produce your own work and you, you know, do all that, which of course you have some control when you do that. You don't know if you'll be successful and it takes a special person because a lot of people couldn't handle that. They couldn't handle how inconsistent it is. One of the best things about the industry is you're surrounded by people like yourself. We're all a little nutty. I mean, you got to be a little nutty. You can't be sitting there looking at statistics or you'd say, hey, most of us aren't going to be able to make a living this year. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you, you're dreamers. We all have these incredible imaginations, uh, sensitive people, very sensitive people, very loving people. The people that the real people that do it are often the most incredible people you'll meet in your life. The the flip side again is is you just you just don't know. Like my dad would say you need a backup, and I would get so mad at him. 
<laughs> but you do, you don't, you just don't know where the industry is going to go. I wouldn't say I'm the most popular look at the moment and that's okay. I think that it's wonderful that they are representing all ethnicities in TV and film now. It's fantastic. I have um, a lot of my Asian friends are working so much for the first time through this era and it's wonderful. I think I'm the, I think the blonde blue eyed girls are the least popular right now. So, you know, I never expected that, but that's okay. It's just it, like we say, the pendulum swings back. It's really changed a lot. And uh, it's funny. I always, I, I can tell you something that I think it was Ed O'Neill said, cause you'll enjoy that. I don't know if he'll enjoy that. I'm telling you that, but he said to me, he said, we were all sitting around. He said, you know, if I wasn't an actor, I'd probably be in jail. (laughs) He's like, I don't think I could do anything else. I always remembered that because I thought, oh God, maybe my dad's right. Maybe I need a backup, you know, backup plan. Yeah. You know, and and there's an ugly side. There was an ugly side, but hopefully we got rid of the worst of the worst in the industry. There was definitely an ugly side, which I dealt with a couple times, nothing too bad, but some bad experiences with casting directors. I think once you've worked quite a bit, you don't really come across that as much. Yeah. I got a follow-up question on that one. If uh, you weren't an actress, would you be in jail? (laughs) (laughs) No, I definitely wouldn't. I've got too many interests. I think that's part of me being an actress is I can't decide who I want to be because I have so many interests that I think that was the easy plan because I can play different people and different, you know, with different careers. (laughs) Uh, Ironically, they always want to make me a porn star. But besides that, that's the next thing I'll tell you about. It's coming up in January. No, you know, like I love art. I always wish I had more time to sit down and paint. I'd learn to paint. I used to do ceramics. I could be a dance teacher. Uh, Actually, if I wasn't an actor, believe it or not, science was my best subject. And I think I would be something, something science related. I actually think I would be fascinated by plastic surgery because I was a sculpt. I would sculpt in school and do a lot of ceramics. I think I would have maybe gone more that direction. Yeah. I was always fascinated by it. So, um, there you go. (laughs) So Jennifer being on screen to fans now, mind you, we're talking about married with children, but we want to just talk about your career as well. I mean, you get a, Uh, You know, from the perspective of a consumer, like, you know, I'm I'm a consumer. I've watched you on television. It's like you, you know, being Mm -hmm. an actor, you have a sense of immortality. Like, in other words, to the consumer. In other words, it's like, in my mind, I watch you on television. You are always 19 years old. And, and like, you know, I'm mentally 19. So that's okay. How does that feel? Like, I mean, because it's like, it, it's it's a job. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's a job, you know, you earn a living from it. But like, how does that feel to you as a person to say, it's like, wow, like, you know, there's people out there and no matter what the role is, whether it's Pam Macy or it's Ariel or, you know, any one of the roles that you've played through the years, it's like, how, like, how does it feel to mm. say, it's like, wow, like, you know, people, like, you know, to us, you are immortal because, you know, when we see you up there, that's how we think of you. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's so interesting. Yeah, it's cool. My, I don't have kids, but my stepkids, grandkids will be able to see me. That's so cool. I love that. I mean, I don't think of myself like that at all. I'm silly Jen, but yeah, I think it's wonderful that uh, generations will have that. You know, it does make me nervous when I go out in public that people are going to be like, oh my God, she looks so old. (laughs) But but beyond that, no, uh, it's a lot to live up to because you look so, you know, when they do all the camera, the hair and makeup for camera, you look so good. But yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. But I, you know, I, I, I need to leave other video around so that great step, whatever grandchildren don't think I was a complete idiot. <laughs> right. And, 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 and sort of my follow up to that is you've played the blonde bombshell. It's like, how, how has that progressed through the years in terms of your characters? Cause you have some upcoming work obviously. Right. And we want, we wanted to hear about. Yeah. Okay. So it's really interesting because all of a sudden things changed from the dumb blonde at one point to the bitch and the villain and then back to the dumb blonde and you know really but i've really enjoyed playing tougher characters and uh i played a a murderer but then you find out she wasn't even that was a short but uh real Uh, she was someone's imagination and i've had a lot of fun as they got older and worked on my voice. I mean, it's probably still high because, you know, I've learned to lower it when I'm on camera. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you have to be able to have range. Uh, God, it, Pure Flix got me to play Vashti from the, the Bible, the book of Esther, and I had black hair and an English accent, which uh, didn't mm-hmm. make sense. But, but you know, I've, I've had a lot of fun doing something different. I definitely felt like I almost cornered the market on what I was doing for quite a long time, which was great because I made a a living and I was very lucky. But at the same time, unfortunately, I think casting directors start to see you as a one trick pony and they won't give you a chance. And so I've been really grateful to the people who have really let me shine in completely different roles The upcoming show that's coming out is an Amazon Prime show, January 21st, and we shot that last year. It was so fun. I was supposed to play a workout instructor, like an online workout instructor, and I got cast as that, and I got to just be me, really, for that. uh, What's the name of that? As well. Uh, It's called As We See It. And it's very interesting. I only did two episodes, but I was so excited to be on that show because it's Jason Kadem's new show. He created Friday Night Lights and Parenthood. And it's about, I think it's three friends that are on the spectrum coming of age. And it's a dramedy, I believe. I hope I'm saying everything right. It's, it's funny. I thought it was a comedy from what we were doing, but then when I watched the preview, it looks very emotional and dramatic. So it must be a dramedy. And of course, they asked me back for a second episode because you find out that 
she had done porn in the nineties. <laughs> so there I was again. I was like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> mm. Which is fine. But, uh, the, the fun part about that was it was of course during COVID and they, they said we, uh, it just kept progressing and progressing, but they said, we need someone that you can kiss and be close to and intimate with. And we would get an extra, but do you have someone you can bring to set? And so I said, well, let me ask my husband, who's never been on a set in his life. He's, uh, you know, he does IT work, basically. And he was so excited. He got to come to work with me and play a porn star and uh, came out of his trailer in his robe and all. It was hysterical. And, And yeah, so we did this little snippet. That was really cool. It was it was a fun show to work on. I'm hoping if it goes, they'll ask me back. <laughs> uh, and any other projects you want to talk about? Like, and where can people find you? Okay, so um, mostly I'm active on Instagram, which which is Jennifer Lyons Den. <laughs> so I had to think about that. Jennifer Lyons Den D E N. I'm on Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I'm on Twitter, but I I don't. I find Twitter to be a little dark. I don't like it. And then as far as now, I'm not working right now. I'm hoping to very soon, but I can't speak of that. So we'll see. <laughs> you know, we will advertise that on our Facebook page. So we have a Facebook group page for the podcast. And uh, oh, we okay. like to uh, advertise, you know, anyone who's been associated with the show and like where they are today. Here's actually leads to our last question, uh, Jennifer. So we we know that you've listened to maybe one or two of our podcast episodes. So like, you know, if you have any thoughts in terms of like what we're doing and also like any message to your fans out there. I think it's wonderful. I think I have my certain shows that I'm a big fan of. One of them is I Love Lucy and I go on there every day on the I Love Lucy group and Mm. it's it forms a sense of community, like a real community in a time when there's a lot of really lonely people in the world right now and sad people and people who've lost people. And I think it's wonderful what you do because people come together with a similar love and it's fantastic. I should start, you know, I should, I don't know, I should start my own cat group. But <laughs> um, And then as far as Speaking to people who have appreciated me and my work, I'm just grateful that I've been able to play this long in my life and uh, create things that make people happy and make their life a little better. And I think um, laughter, Bob Hope said, massage and laughter were the most important things in life. And I think that's true. I think for every time, every time we laugh, we get a little bit more life and uh, we got to keep them, keep them rolling. You know, yeah, like our uh, podcast, uh, just to give yeah. you a little bit history of our podcast, it was started by our creator's name is Alex. Yeah. And uh, he went through uh, the first seven seasons of the show. So you figure 13 episodes, the first season and 26 episodes for the six yeah subsequent seasons about 158 of these episodes and podcasts go anywhere between like about an hour to hour and a half 
uh, during his era. Then we took right. over in season eight, and we actually plan on completing the mm-hmm. podcast this year in 2022. Wow. So it's been more of a labor of love. Like it's really a, a love letter to the show uh, because it's been brought us so much joy yeah. through the years. I'm like you. I watched the show at its premiere, uh, 1987. I was just shy of nine. And we just sort of like watch it. And to us, it's like fresh every single time because we thought that the writing was great. The acting was great. It, you know, and it just brings a lot of joy and laughter to people. And, you know, and again, it also has to be something that's yeah. your cup of tea because as we've discussed, it's not necessarily everybody's yeah. cup of tea, but they can obviously turn it off if they don't want it. Right. But... Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it was yes. a, it was a special time where you were allowed to say all these things and, and it'd be real and God, you know. I'm a I'm a South Park fan if that says anything. <laughs> I think our our podcaster Matt would love to talk to you. He's a big South Park fan. Oh yeah. I just went to the studios like 2 years ago. It was so exciting. It was a very special time in television where you didn't have to be so darn careful about everything. Yeah. I think it was Mel Brooks who once said, uh, if, if you do away with laughter, then you do away with the universe. Absolutely. Yep. What's the point of living without laughter? Oy. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. On behalf of the Married with Children fans worldwide, I think I speak for Stephen and myself and uh, Chris Gunter, who's been on mute, to just thank you so much for taking a time out of your day to talk to us. Yeah. Hey, Jennifer, I just wanted to say uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I think in my very first message when I sent uh, emailed you, I mentioned, you know, we're a hundred percent fan made and fan run podcast. You know, none of us have any connections to Hollywood or anything like that. We're just a group of fans from all across the world that have one thing in common. And we happen to be fans of married with children. Most of us grew up watching the show in the eighties and nineties. Some of us much younger than, than we should have been probably. (laughs) (laughs) I think I speak for a lot of us much, probably a lot of us uh, much younger than we should have been allowed to watch, but thankfully we were. And, uh, you know, your character is in three episodes, but frankly, it feels like you're in about 25 or 30 because all of your appearances are very memorable. Um, your character is very beloved amongst our fan base and, um, you know, we all love you to death, and we're we're very thankful and very grateful that you took almost an hour and a half out of your day today to uh, sit down and visit with us. So, thank you from all of us. I'm going to be reviewing the Bud Hits the Books episode oh. that you're in coming up here soon. Oh yeah, that was a fun one. Strip study. <laughs> Your first sleepover date. And with a girl, too. Unless it's one of those crying game kind of things. How did you guys know Ariel was here? Well, for once, the cries of, oh, bud, oh, bud, wasn't just you throwing your voice. (laughs) And then about 1 a.m., you subtly yelled out the window, I just got busy. Now, being down with the lingo you youngsters use today, I knew that you had just done the function at the junction. (laughs) So, you spent the night with my brother, Bud. 
Could you, uh, could you bend your head forward, please? Nope, no air nozzle. <laughs> you leave her alone? The girl just had the best sex of her life. I didn't say it was the best. I said you did your best. Hey, Jennifer, one thing that was kind of cool about this interview listening in is, you know, we've had a, we're starting to get a pretty good collection of these. And yeah, I think you're the first person that we've interviewed, uh, the first guest star that we've interviewed that was a genuine fan of the show before your appearances. Oh, yeah, I think that is a first. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I know our fans will definitely appreciate that. Uh, you know, a number of the other ones we've had, um, you know, they were. It was really just kind of work for them, so to speak. Oh, that's interesting. I'll, you know what I didn't share with you, which is pretty funny. When I was in eleventh grade, oh God, I didn't know how to dress because I wore uniforms, and so like on the weekends I would wear. Oh my God, crop tops and the whole thing. And everyone called me Kelly Bundy. It's so funny. Yeah. Okay. We'll get that into the interview. You got called Kelly Bundy and you ended up acting with her. (laughs) Yeah. And what was funny is we were like the exact same height. I remember that we're standing right next to each other after. uh, It's the one where uh, we're in the basement and what is it? His first sleepover. And we're standing right next to each other. And I, it's, I thought it was funny. I was like, my God, we could be sisters. We're like the exact same build and height. And it was such I, a I think one of the funniest things about that scene was she actually moves your head down and says, you know, she was looking for the blow up yeah. uh, thing on the back of her head. On the back yeah. of your head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny. That was yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> oh, it, oh, wow. it was fun. Really fun. Wow. Yeah. And for our fans out there, be sure to check out Jennifer in As We See, which is premiering in January of 2022. We will push this up on the Facebook page. Probably this podcast episode will air after that, but we will advertise it. And uh, you can find Jennifer on Jennifer Lyons Den. That's Jennifer Lyons, L-Y-O-N-S-D-E-N. Yes, sir. It's been an absolute pleasure really fun you guys are just so wonderful and respectful and i i I just want to tell you how much i appreciate you guys caring to ask me questions oh (laughs) definitely stay safe and healthy okay now you know the rules for each wrong answer you must remove one piece of clothing (laughs) gee if i'd known the rules i would have worn underwear (laughs) Ha ha ha!